Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Born and Red. We look ahead to the Wolves game next week with a Wolves fan. Please, please, please forgive the poor quality of this recording. Everybody was on the move and there was lots of dropping, but uh, we, we think the content's good and um, want to deliver it to you anyway. Uh, welcome to episode 3.5 of Born and Red. Uh, so this is a bit of a midweek thing. We're doing a preview for the Wolves game and we're joined by a uber special guest, uh, Ryan, who is a Wolves fan. And Ryan, pretty sure you're from Wolverhampton, correct me. Originally from Wolverhampton, grew up in Nottingham, so let's just say Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> right, fair enough. So did you manage to catch our um, preview of the weekend uh, after the Chelsea game? I did. Okay. My first question, and I'm interested to know, do you agree with our assessment that maybe Wolves and Wolves fans are a little bit less optimistic about playing us after the first sort of round of results at the weekend? Well, I think Wolves fans are quite split, really, in that you've kind of got your uh, super pessimistic Wolves fans because it's so recent that we were really terrible. We were a league one for <laughs> So, I mean, it was originally known as doing a Wolves to get relegated from the League One in two seasons. So there's still yeah. a lot of Wolves fans that are kind of, any minute now, we're going to revert to type <laughs> and be awful. Right, pinch then, yourself. You yeah, know, you're still... <laughs> and then there's the other Wolves fans who are like, um, we've just signed a lad from Real Madrid on loan. And it's like, uh, are you kidding? Uh, we, we've Wolves <laughs> signed someone from Real Madrid and AC Milan. And it's kind of split between the we're about to have a disaster and those who are like, can't believe it. You know, we are actually signing lads from Real Madrid rather than, you know, Rochdale's hottest prospect. OK, talk to me about these signings. Have you seen much of them pre-season? No. Uh, so we've we've seen we, we got Patrick Catroni, who I think is exactly what we needed. I think what we've done in the window is we've shipped out Cavalero and Costa, who are wingers, because uh, we just don't play with wingers anymore. They were amazing for us in the championship. And so there's a, there's loads of affection for those two players. They kind of felt special to us. Have we lost him? Uh, he's still there, Ryan? I feel I'm like still he's, there. Uh, disconnected. You're still there. I'm still there. Um, All right. Well, whilst whilst we're trying to get him back, I've, I've pulled up the Wolves in and out um, over the summer window, and yeah, they, they've they've signed Jimenez and Ben Donker on uh, permanent deals, and um, they brought in Jesus Vallejo from Real Madrid, Patrick Catroni from AC Milan, um, a couple of uh, people from Braga. Esteril and Meritan Shabani from Bayern Munich. So they've, they've been busy. They've brought in um, six new faces and, and signed permanently Jimenez and Dendonka, who um, were, were both actually, I thought, brilliant for them last season. Again, yeah, big Portuguese connection. Hello? Hey, he's Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I could hear you the whole time, just, just, just to let you know. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you, mate. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you you've nailed it. So we signed uh, Vallejo from Real Madrid and Catroni, and really what it is, because of the fact that we've got essentially we've played with two strikers. Raúl's your traditional kind of 
you know, hold it up for you and Jota can run around. Um, we never had like an alternative to him and Catroni is almost exactly what we needed in that respect. So when Raul's tired last season, we were throwing on Cavalero and Costa and they're, they're wingers. So we had to almost change how we were playing. So I think we've been pretty smart. I think maybe there were some Wolves fans that were like, okay, Fosun, show us your real financial muscle, which they could have done. But I think what they did instead was say, no, what do we actually need specifically? Um, and I think getting a striker that's good enough to play in the Premier League, but willing to accept you're not going to be our number one striker, that's that's really difficult. It's a really difficult thing to do. So I think in Catroni, that's pretty much the ideal striker that we could have signed for that role. Excellent. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. So one thing we raised at the weekend, and I was like, I would happily take any of your midfielders to yeah. not replace ours, at least reinforce it. Can you shed any light as to why you think no, like none of the big players came in for Neves in particular? Because he is phenomenal. Well, that's the Neves story full stop, because obviously we signed Neves in the championship, which is ludicrous. Um, um and he was a player. I remember the night we got linked to Neves, and pretty much all of Wolverhampton was like, "This is definitely a wind-up. This isn't this is clearly not a, a Wolf signing?" And then, lo and behold, we, we did sign him, and and he was as good as his his press laid out him to be. I mean, he was at Porto as a teenager in the Champions League, so we knew he was signing the real deal. And we were thinking, okay, obviously it's quite well known we have a link with George Mendes. George Mendes is Neves' agent. And so you're thinking, George Mendes has definitely pulled some strings here. But what was fascinating is it came out that actually no one had bid for Neves. No one had actually gone in for him. And I think where we had an advantage is that Porto were about to breach financial fair play. And they needed a sale really quickly. And so Mendes was sort of able to say to us, OK, if you've got the money, then Porto need the cash. So we got Neves. So... For, from the start, you're thinking, I don't know why a bigger club didn't go for him to start with. And then after... And then he's gone quiet again. Yeah. It must be that Wi-Fi <laughs> in the uh, Midlands. Okay, so I guess when, when he... Uh, comes back. We'll we'll have a bit of a chat with him. What he thinks about Wolves' um, goals for this season? Because I think obviously they clearly um, outperformed any goals they might have had coming up from the Championship last season. And um, we're going to get try and get his view on whether he thinks that they can yeah. uh, emulate that again this season, or whether it's a case of um, like we I think we discussed briefly at the weekend um, whether it's a case of them more sort of like establishing themselves as a pre- mid-table Premier League team Hello Hello Hi. I'm back I've tried a different Wi-Fi see if this one sticks Okay, okay. Yeah um, so I was just, just going to ask you what you think your um, uh, goals are for this season uh, as Wolves because clearly last season uh, you exceeded all expectations um, coming up from the championship and having, you know, a stellar season and, and by far, I think, the best team outside the top six. Um, do, do you think that you've got chances to break into the top six this season or are you looking more just to sort of consolidate and establish yourself as a 
as a mid-table Premier League side? Yeah, I, I don't think top six is realistic. I, and, and the reason I say that is because I think we played to our absolute capacity last season, with the exception that we lost to Huddersfield twice. So I think we gave them about 80% of their total points tally. Um, so this season, you think, OK, the gap between us, and it was I think it was you that finished six, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. The gap was massive. So you've got United fans who are coming off a season where they were suicidal and we're coming off a season where we're absolutely, you know, really couldn't be happier. And yet the gap was still massive. Um, so I think it's unrealistic for, for, for us to finish in the top six. So I think what we have to do is kind of say, OK, seventh is where we finished last season. And that is where we ought to be looking to finish this season. But realistically, I think, top 10 is, is, is a perfectly good finish. The only thing I would say to caveat that is that the sort of players that we've got, which is the likes of Neves, Jota, Bolly, um, that they are going to want to finish as high as they can. I don't think they're the sort of players that would be at Wolves if they just thought our entire ambition was just to finish top half every year. So I think seventh again, and we got to the cup semi-final last year too, I think a similar season would be perfectly okay. And how do you feel about the, the squad depth that you've got? Because clearly you've got a very good first 11. Uh, I'm not sure how deep you go beyond that. We don't. And, and that is something the manager, Nuno, has spoken about a lot in that he, he specifically wants a small squad. He's, he's, he, I think what he's done, he's, he managed Valencia and he managed Porto. And at those clubs, they have big squads and what he found was that the positives of having a big squad are outweighed by the negatives of players that aren't getting games, players that aren't fit, that sort of thing. So what he's done is he said, we're going to have basically a, a strong 14, if you like. And then after that, they've really dug in with the youth team. So we spent 18 million quid this year on two lads from Lazio and they are, they are lads. I mean, they've got no first team sort of experience. Okay, I think we may have lost you again. <laughs> it's modern. Television. This is going. It's, this is going swimmingly well, Mike. <laughs> whilst whilst we wait for him to reconnect, um, I think we should discuss briefly the the VAR incident that um, Wolves were on the receiving end of. Yep. Now I don't know if you saw it, Mike, but what what did you feel about that? Is that um, it's clearly un, unintentional? I, but they yeah, that's it. Right? By the rules of the the letter of and yes it's every other in the land no, it's ridiculous it was, it was a yeah it was a bit of a crazy decision but take it on the chin because that is the you know they are the new rules uh, and and I hate that Kind of losing oh, the well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get the good bits if I can. Is Mr. Omero back? Uh, have we lost Ryan for good then? He's, it shows that he's connected, uh, but I think it's the case that, you know, 
or he might have yeah. a that he can hear us. Possibly, we possibly. Can't hear him. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, it's uh, it's not a it's not a rule that I'm gonna love, uh, but that is the rule. As long as everyone's clear on it, then I guess there can be no belly aching. I can hear you yeah, fine. So. If that helps. Hey, there we go. There we oh. go. Yeah, I'm Have you got 50 people back in the meter. Uh, so I heard you talking about the VAR incident. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, VAR yeah. is, is basically, uh, I don't want to sound melodramatic, but VAR will ruin football because yeah. ultimately it's, it's a case that getting a goal now will be the equivalent of being awarded a penalty in as much as it's, it's a chance of a goal rather than a goal. And yeah. so... I think for people watching the game on TV, it's not going to make that much difference. But in the ground, once people start to get used to the idea that they might not have actually scored... You're not going to celebrate as hard, are you? Let's be honest. Exactly. And so I I, I get the rule um, that it touched Bolly's arm. So the rule is no goal. But what I'm thinking is, if that was a defender, does does that mean you get a penalty for that? Because if you do... That just makes it even more farcical. If it's enough to rule a goal out, then you would assume it's enough to give a penalty too. And that kind of makes it a bit of a joke. Yeah, I agree. I haven't actually thought about it from that perspective. Um, it, it seems logical to, to disallow a goal if, if you know somebody's hand has been involved, but to give a penalty for it, yeah. Um, there shouldn't be any difference between the two circumstances, but it, it does seem... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, in that game, we, we had the clearer chances and we should have won it anyway. And I think that probably gives a good idea where Wolves are. Because if you think about Leicester, obviously, they're recent Premier League winners. They've had a year playing Champions League football and they're well-established. And we had just done a 6,000-mile round trip to Armenia on the Thursday. So I think we had every right to think we might not get anything from this game. But we were still a better team. Yeah. So that gives us a lot of confidence that things are fairly stable at Wolves. And um, I think what we are is we're one of those teams who, like last season, we beat Tottenham away, we beat Chelsea, obviously we beat, we beat United, we beat Arsenal. And we're one of those teams who, whose fans, after playing us, go, we, we had a really bad day. And I think the common denominator that in, in that is Wolves, <laughs> in that they, they make it really difficult. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we played City in pre-season in the Asia Cup, so we're champions of Asia. That's one thing that we can. I don't know about you, but I, I got the feeling that Wolves played better the better the opponent oh, was. Um, they seem to be perfectly set up to play against the, the big teams. Uh, I think you perhaps struggled to break down some of the smaller exactly teams. Exactly right. We couldn't beat Burnley last year. We couldn't beat... Well, we, we, did, we didn't beat Brighton and we lost twice to Huddersfield, which sort of tells its own story. I can, I can let you into sort of a bit of a secret about Wolves. You might know this on Monday. When we get our kickoff, they play the ball to Neves and he puts it straight into... He didn't, he didn't want to tell us a secret. He's gone. <laughs> I am on the edge of my proverbial seat here awaiting the secret and he's just disappeared and left us hanging. Uh, I suspect it was something along the lines of they're going to give the ball to Neves and he'll play it long. Was it something something like that? Yeah, it was, it's either straight into, I think he was going to say touch, <laughs> or straight into Jimenez, or I, I, I don't know. Um, hope, hopefully he'll be back to tell us and give us Hello? some information on that. Hello. There go we on. go. Right. That was a secret. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
this has been a little bit um, of a farce from a technical Hello? perspective. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I, I was going to give you the never secret. Right, okay, yeah, what he does, he, he gets the ball, he puts it straight into touch. And it's obviously he can pass the ball, so it's deliberate. And that is what, what we want, is we want the opponent to have the ball. We want that to happen. Um, because Nuno obviously played at Porto under Mourinho, under Mourinho's Champions League winning team. And the, the, the similarities are, are remarkable. What our whole game plan is winning the ball off the opponent when they're out of shape. And so we don't do well if you just give us the ball and say break us down but we are looking for you to sort of move up the pitch and then we win it high, give it to Jota. And I think that's pretty much exactly what we did against United last season. Yeah, you, you did give us a lot of the ball early on and we had some, some promise in play. Uh, but yeah, once, once you started picking the ball off us and we were out of position, uh, you definitely I, I, I definitely, I mean, the, the game, I think it was either the cup game or the league game, but United should have been 3-0 up in about 15 minutes. Like, legitimately, that game yeah. And so, my point of view looking at it, I think United are going to be much more dangerous this season. Because um, Marshall and Rashford are a different proposition to a side that's playing Lukaku. I think playing a side of yeah. Lukaku, you know pretty much what United are going to do. And when you're playing against a side with Marshall and Rashford, it's much more difficult because they will go down the sides and they will basically expose a team's weaknesses. Whereas I think it's far easier to set up for a side that is essentially playing with a big lump of a number nine. That's what I couldn't understand about United last season. Is It, it seemed obvious to me that uh, the way to attack Wolves was down the wings, behind the wing-backs. And yeah, we just almost like... And they were getting, so, you, to do you were it. getting it, success it no doing sense. it early on. And it was almost like, OK... We've been exposed a bit here, and then it just stopped. Yes. Um, and then obviously we, we grabbed a goal in the way that we do. Um, but I think yeah. United this season and Maguire obviously makes a big difference. Um, we tried to sign Harry Maguire when he was at Sheffield United. Um, this sort of shows where we are. We're, we couldn't compete with the financial might of Hull City at that time. Um, but he was a player that came onto our radar <laughs> that long ago. And so it was Kenny Jacket was our manager. He really wanted to sign him. And so we sort of, as Wolves fans, we started to take a look at him. And it was like, okay, this, this guy is... And he's cut out yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was going to say, this guy is a world beater. Perhaps. I think perhaps we'll have to give this uh, platform a few more sort of uh, test Hello? runs next time, or maybe we'll just go. For I, I can hear you the whole time. Definitely. So yeah, um, yeah. Maguire. There we go. He's back. He's back. He's back. I'm going to say, um, Harry Maguire. Yeah, we, we we took a look yeah. at him, and he's because he's not a continental player. I think he gets maybe a bit credited, but he plays like one. He he plays. He's got all the defensive attributes of Sergio Ramos, but you know those those runs he makes. He does that all the time. That isn't like the odd, like, fluky Harry Maguire's got a nosebleed. Look where he is. He, he, he did that at Sheffield United. He did it at Hull. Um, and I think he is kind of like your Virgil van Dijk signing. He, I, I, really, I really rate him as, as a player. And I think he will make a, a, 
a magnitude of difference to Man United. Yeah, I, I was saying at the, uh, in the weekend podcast, I've totally underrated the effect he'd have. And, and really, I like, did him a disservice about how good he is as a player. It's very easy for someone like that to just kind of take the easy view. Oh, he's a bit of a, bit of a knuckler, just kind of, you know, almost a bit of a brute defender, throws himself about. But he's actually extremely composed on the ball, which is absolutely something we missed. Definitely. And, you know, for the season's prior. Yeah, so there's no time. doubt we've paid a, a ridiculous amount of money for him, but he's exactly what we needed. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ryan, um, I want you to put your uh, your money on the line here. Um, and what two, do you two. think is going to happen I think, on Monday? Uh, I, I take it. Score? I take a point. I mean, it's ridiculous, really. <laughs> That we're we 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 okay, so that's interesting. We ought to be able to match United because we've had so many years <laughs> of either not playing them because we're down in the depths, or basically having Fergie come and and tickle our tummies and go unlucky like. So I think that yeah, I think I think basically <laughs> nobody's ever under Nuno, nobody's ever tanked us. Not once has it ever happened. No matter what odds were against us, so I take a draw, um, and I and I think there'll be goals in it. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. I am obviously hoping for the win. And if we do win, it's yeah, it's going to be extremely tight. It's going to be a, a, a one-goal difference either way. Um, but I also don't rule out Wolves, you know, nicking the win either. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a great sort of early season matchup. And yeah, it's absolutely one that we, that we need as well. It's going to be a really good yeah. test for us because Wolves are a great side. Uh, and it's, it's astonishing how quickly they've established themselves as that um, through Nuno and through, obviously, the players they've signed. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, but, Ryan, uh, much appreciate you coming on. Uh, apologies for any technical uh, difficulties we've had. Um, although, like I say, I think that's the, I think that's the Midlands <laughs> Wi-Fi no, reception. I've enjoyed it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, much appreciated. And hopefully, uh, if we can get you back for the return uh, visit to Old Trafford, um, maybe we'll have those issues ironed out by then. Uh, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it, mate. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, good luck for Monday, but not, not too much good luck.